Morning is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, you've got to play pinball. And put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades, you know where to put the cork. on the Tom Dupree show. Mike Johnson sitting in. How are you, Mike? Doing wonderful. Good. So we're going to talk a little bit about the markets and uh things that uh happened today. US stocks close out up to uh, actually this week. US stocks climbed Friday after major central banks set the stage for looser monetary policy. Major indexes are more than up 2% in July, adding to huge gains in June, even as worries about the broader US economy continue. This week provided another jolt to the market as comments by Federal Reserve Jerome Powell appeared to all but guarantee the central bank would cut interest rates as soon as later this month. So we saw some nice movement yesterday, and uh, nice moves. Uh, the S and P uh, for the first time closed above three thousand. It closed at three thousand thirteen. Uh, the Dow, uh, I guess Thursday was the first day it closed above twenty seven thousand, uh, but it had a nice pop yesterday too. Twenty seven three thirty two is where the Dow closed yesterday. Right, um, but it, it's 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 obviously been an interesting year um you know you look at uh the 10-year uh treasury uh, it closed yesterday at right at basically 211 uh, is where it closed the yield yeah the yield um so it, i mean the markets it, it'll be interesting to see what happens uh this upcoming week because we're starting to get into earnings season um right. so you've had this this pop in the market because you know interest rate speculation what the fed's going to do um and if earnings are strong uh then then you could see at the very least you know kind of holding steady where it is and perhaps you know continue to see see a move you know you never know but right. but earnings earnings will be interesting that'll be the the determinant in the in the short term especially you know uh we saw such volatility in december and so many things bouncing around and since then uh since the be beginning of the year how much is the s p up close to 20 percent yeah about 20 percent thereabouts yeah. yeah somewhere in there right um i guess it bottomed on christmas eve and then it started moving up uh after that and uh yeah about 20 percent i think is what it's what it's moved up big move right and it, and it was and it was just a <clears throat> real sharp move too. That was the thing. Yeah. Um, you know, we were talking earlier in the year. You know, not trying to time the market uh, because you'll have something in 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 your mind. You know, hey, it's going to go down twenty five percent. Well, it went down twenty percent. And if you were trying to time it at that twenty five percent, it was just this sharp V when it shot back up. Right. And you missed out. Yeah. Um. 
that's why it's so important to look at valuations from a company specific standpoint. Right. Individual investors are helping power this year's rally in U.S. government debt. A sign many remain cautious. So you're you're seeing uh, an increase not only in uh, stocks, but uh, people are still buying bonds too. That's right, <clears throat> and I think that's you know that's the wall of worry that the market likes to climb. You know, people are very since since the financial crisis, uh, people have been skeptical of this market um and it's just that wall of worry typically um helps a market move higher uh, and you're still seeing it today um this was interesting um for the first time um since so, well, really since the treasury department started uh tracking it individual investors are on track to buy a majority of the u.s government's newly issued long-term debt this year really yes um and so 54 percent of the debt uh excluding fed purchases um has gone to mutual funds um uh, you know individual investors right um so there's huge demand out there so you're seeing the wall of worry people concerned about the market but you're also seeing the demographic shift you know uh, the the baby boomers that are entering into retirement they're increasing their bond positions um and so all these things are coinciding and that's part of the reason that the yields are as low as they are because there's such demand and there's yeah. still such skepticism and fear out there you can't live off of a treasury bond I mean, there's you, you, exactly you, you can't make enough interest off a treasury bond to provide your living expenses. That's right. And they this article uh, gives a, a you know kind of a, a an example of that. Um, this lady is uh, 60 years old, lives in California, and she said, in the long run, if yields stay low, then the small amount of income that I make from the bond holdings. Uh, could lead her to make, quote, some changes in her life, uh, which would include moving near her sister, where the cost of living is. So reducing uh, her standard of living, basically, yeah. because it's, we talked about before, you know, inflation uh, isn't, the inflation numbers aren't high, but you're seeing a lot of inflation for retirement. It takes more assets to generate the income That's that right. you need versus 10 years ago yeah yeah and that's always a concern because the the yield from your investments is the uh amount of income divided by the amount of investment that gives you your percentage yield and uh we like to try to at the pre-financial group we like to try to limit the yield that you take from your investments to around 4% a year. Well, on a treasury bond, you're not even getting two, you're barely getting 2% a year. Right. Yeah. On a 10 year, you're getting just over two. And, yeah. and, and with, when you're going out 10 years, you can have a lot of principal fluctuation right? Uh, going out that far. Um, so w w when we're building the portfolio, you can't have a retirement portfolio that's all bonds and generate enough to, to take. So we look in other areas, um, companies that have a long history of paying dividends, um, and then you combine that, you, you're, you're putting together a diversified income-producing portfolio. Right. Um, so, you know, Dudley was on prior, so using the real estate example, you know, different uh, pieces of property that are paying rent. So that way, if if one piece, you know, if something, yeah, if they if they're not collecting rent for one reason or another, right. you've got others that are still doing that. That's true. <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. It is the Tom Dupree Show, News Radio six thirty WLAP. Democrats terrified of 2020. Things are going to get a lot worse in 2020. The 2020 election with a capital E happens here. We are all going to witness this again in 2020. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A fiduciary is a person or organization that owes to another the duties of good faith and trust. 
It is the highest legal duty of one party to another, and it means being bound ethically to act in the other's best interests. At Dupree Financial Group, we act as a fiduciary to our clients when managing their investments. This means simply that we put their interests first. We accept no commissions or transaction fees, only an asset-based percentage fee of our clients' assets, which directly aligns our interests with theirs. Think about it. A financial advisor who does well when you do well. If you'd like to know more about how this might work for you, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation meeting and a discussion of your account. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree show, you know, Mike, it, it just seems like we've been in a, a situation that has got its difficulties in terms of investing for retirement, uh, but we've sort of made do with it, if you will. Um, you're in a low interest rate environment, but you're also in a low inflation environment. If interest rates, if we were able to get, say, 6 7% on bonds like we've been able to get in the past in my career, um, we wouldn't have the, – the, the job would be a lot easier. Yeah, it would. It you would. Know, I, I can remember buying uh, 7.25% U.S. Treasury bonds, and that was – expensive because we had seen them at nine and percent and and things like that and so we're constantly dealing with um a low interest rate environment but we're trying to find things interesting things to layer in there to give people a better return and one of the things we've been able to buy lately have been pipelines Mm -hmm. uh those have been look like they're going to be a good investment for us. Um, you know, it's just you're you're constantly having to look for right stuff to do. And the the backing up, you know, about two years, you know, the the pressure was to look at growth types of things. I mean, just people coming in. Hey, have you looked at Amazon, Netflix, right. Google? You know, the growth types of stocks and you're looking at these things and you're looking at the valuations and they're just unbelievably high yeah. and some of them have gone even higher, you know, right. but you've had the, the multiple expansion, but when you're dealing with retirement money, this money has to be there yeah. for, for the participants and it has to be producing something. So when we're looking at something that has a high uh, valuation, how can we say with, any form of conviction that, hey, in a year's time, this thing will probably be 10% higher or or 5% higher. There's no way with any kind of conviction to do that. Um, and that's what our clients need. They need something that's producing a consistent income stream. Yeah. And in order to come up with that, you have to look at industries that are in effect every day that mm-hmm. that that do something that makes something that pumps something that uh delivers something from point a to point b and are constantly in motion um and you're getting paid every day right well i mean you mentioned the pipelines and um you you, you were looking at them and um this is what kind of got the the discussion started and we'd we'd own pipelines uh for a while uh in the past and when we were looking at it's like you know the the price had just been going down 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 and we got to looking at them and the assets are still there you know you were looking at okay here's here's the pipeline here's the backing behind it and the market hates that sector right now yeah 
And, you know, the little background, you know, MLPs, Master Limited Partnerships, they just fell out of favor with the market right. going back about four years ago. Um, and you've seen uh, some some companies that were MLPs change their corporate structure and some that haven't, you know, they've still they've made adjustments to how they treat the the general partner um, and in a positive way uh, for the shareholders. Um, and so we're looking at it and saying, okay, it's a good dividend. You've had all this potential bad news priced in at these levels. And it's like, okay, you know, this, uh, this looks like it could be, you know, a good yield for sure. Current yields good. And hopefully, you know, price appreciation long term. What you want is to buy things at a bargain. If you can to try to, uh, get things at a price that is as close to the liquidating value or below it, if you can do that. And you can find different things that uh, will, from time to time, will give you those kind of values. That's right. That's right. All right. Congress is coming for your IRA. (laughs) That's interesting. Talk to us about that. So in May... um, uh, the House uh, passed up what's called the the Secure Act. Uh, that's a acronym, obviously coming from you know Congress, um, setting every community up for Retirement Enhancement Act. Yeah, that's a- lovely. AKA the Secure Act, um, and it passed uh, the House four seventeen to three. Um, and so it's it's expected to pass the Senate. Uh, I think Ted Cruz is one of the lone. Uh, holdouts on it because it um, it restricts what five twenty nine dollars can be used for. Uh, he wants it to be able to use use it for uh, homeschooling, which it doesn't. So he's kind of the lone holdout right now. It sounds right. like, but so this is this is the act that uh, expands uh, retirement plans, uh, uh, company retirement plans for individuals. That I like. You know, it's it's allowing companies to group their plans together. So different companies, it it lowers the cost for 401k plans. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, But there are two things that I do not like on the plan. Uh, One, um, it's it's a push to allow for annuities inside of 401ks. And I wonder who got into whose pocket on this. But uh, Take a guess. Yeah. Um, annuities inside of retirement plans typically is a bad idea anyway, because with an annuity, you're paying a a fee for the tax deferral. Well, retirement plans are already tax deferred. Um, and the, the language of the plan, uh, or the act as of now, it's so broad that it, it doesn't restrict it to immediate annuities. It could be variable annuities, index annuities, kind of the door's wide open. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're opening the door to the, the fox in the hen house, if you will. I mean, just right. people coming in to exploit this. Um, so I, I do not like that. Um, but the other thing that I don't like is the, the stretch IRA, which what a stretch IRA is – Say I have an IRA, and um, typically the spouse would be the beneficiary. So when I pass, my wife would get the IRA. She claims it as her own, and then she would name a beneficiary, say our son, and then he can take out the required minimum distributions based on his lifetime. Right. It, the, it, it stretches out the time that the money can stay deferred. Yeah. Um, just to give – some num- just an example of that. So let's say uh, a 22-year-old who inherits a $1 million IRA as a non-spouse beneficiary. Um, the first year, he would take out a required minimum of about $16,400, 1.6%. Right. Um, fast forward 18 years when that beneficiary is 40 years old, and he'll only be taking out 2.3%. So low could still be growing. It can still be growing. You're leaving that principle in there and hopefully growing that principle. Um, and it, it defers the, the tax, uh, for many years. Well, with, uh, the secure act, 
Um, it's shortening that, assuming it passes the Senate as is, um, the non-spouse beneficiary would have to take a withdrawal or distribute the entire amount in 10 years. Mm-hmm. So the stretch IRA would be gone, um, and in 10 years' time, that non-spouse beneficiary has to take the full amount out of the IRA. It just it turns the whole IRA planning thing on its head, right? Because uh, that that's been the whole idea. I mean, this was this is what people were sold when they started contributing to an IRA, and now they're changing the rules on it. Um, now, Roth, there's, I, there's one reason for that: tax revenues. That's right. They want to get taxes and from the withdrawal early withdrawal of money from the ira exactly and it it wrecks havoc on um college planning say you know the grandparents die the the children inherit it and they're and they have kids that are going to college well if they're taking 10 percent or the the 10-year withdrawal from the ira well they might not qualify for college uh uh loans or you know funding right. uh, financing um if they're taking that so i mean it, it has all these trickle down implications um and part of it too like you said they're they're paying for some of the other things that are inside the plan like they're moving the required minimum distribution age from 70 and a half to 72 well they're paying for more than paying for that yeah with this 10-year withdrawal or yeah, ten year withdrawal. So, um, anytime the government meddles or improves something, they're always going to get their hand on more tax revenue. Absolutely, just you know, watch out. Um, but this opens the door to a lot of other questions. Um, you know, you have uh, uh, Roth conversions, which people can do, which sometimes, depending on their situation, could make sense. If they do away with this stretch IRA. You do the Roth conversion, um, and it, it changes. You know, it's more beneficial to them potentially. Right. Um, how likely is it to pass the Senate? It, it, it everything I've read, it sounds like it's going to pass. Yeah. Um, uh, I think the 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 big issue for <clears throat> with Cruz being the lone holdout, if it doesn't pass with a, a unanimous. Uh, vote then it has to actually go up for the normal uh session but if it's unanimous then it'll go through but i mean it passed the house 417 to 3 really so it, it looks likely that it'll pass uh we'll see right it'll, it'll change the outlook of 401k or of ira ira's 401k's whole nine yards right okay stay with us you're listening to the tom dupree show we'll cover some more ground on the personal finance area when we come back it's news radio 630 wlap hey lexington it's time to get your beer on the lexington best of brews festival presented by mr brews tap house is coming to manchester music hall on august 17th lexington's best of brews festival is a ticketed craft beer tasting event that will celebrate its inaugural session in 2019 attendees will be able to sample local regional and national craft brews with over 40 breweries all in one place general admission tickets are 35 dollars in advance 45 at the door vip tickets are 50 dollars in advance 60 dollars at the door get your beer on and get your tickets now at manchestermusichall.com Oh, I used to be a speed demon. I'd tear through town like a wild man. Sometimes I'd even ignore the speed limit. The rush was just amazing. But then... Sir, do you know how fast you were going? You could hurt or kill someone. After that, my thrill-seeking days were over. My need for speed just wasn't worth it. Cops are stepping up enforcement. If you speed, you will get a ticket. Obey the sign or pay the fine. Paid with federal funds through the Kentucky Office of Highway Safety. At Indeed, we believe a resume is a great way to see an overview of a candidate. But you're not hiring a resume. You're hiring a person. That's why Indeed offers tools that help bridge the gap between a candidate and the resume. Like skill tests, which let you actually see a candidate's abilities in action to make sure they're a good fit for the job. See beyond the resume with Indeed. Experience Indeed for yourself today and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting at Indeed.com promo. Terms and conditions apply. 
taking aim at the Gulf Coast. Tropical Storm Barry set to make landfall in just a matter of hours near Morgan City, Louisiana. ABC's Zachary Keish is there. We're starting to feel some, some gusts of, of wind here and bands of rain. Morgan City is essentially an island. It's, it's surrounded by rivers and bayous on, on, on all sides. And so uh, the, the real concern here is the amount of rain that we, we anticipate. There's only seven pumps in town, and so at some point, that water, if it comes, won't have a place to go. In Morgan City, Louisiana, Zachary Keish, ABC News. Some areas could see up to two feet of rain. In New Orleans, officials say they expect updated levee systems to hold. Across the country, protests over the Trump administration's immigration policy as agents plan to arrest some 2,000 migrants with deportation orders this weekend. And federal prosecutors now accusing Jeffrey Epstein of tampering with potential witnesses, the 66-year-old facing sex trafficking charges in New York and Florida. Michelle Franz and ABC News. Starting out that weekend with a mix of sunny clouds on our Saturday. Overall, a pretty nice day. A little more steam in the air. And it's maybe dry. Near 90 on Sunday, but with a threat for a scattered thunderstorm or two going up. Certainly not raining all the time. Into early next week, what is left of Barry rolls our way with the possibility of tropical rains Monday through Wednesday. Have a great weekend, everybody. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24-7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. We're speaking with Ryan Quarles, Kentucky Commissioner of Agriculture. Farmers markets are in prime season across the Commonwealth. How can we find out about them? If you want to find a farmers market, chances are there's one near your backyard. And you can check out our website at kyproud.com and you can look for the farmers market tab. There you can find out where one of the many over 160 farmers markets are located across the Commonwealth. Now these markets make a big difference locally, correct? When you go and support a local farmer's market, you're supporting the backbone of rural Kentucky, and that is agriculture. So not only are you helping the economy out, but you're also supporting local agriculture, supporting a local farmer too. It helps drive the local economy. A lot of people say that when you buy local, those are dollars that are saved and reinvested in the local community. Not only does it taste great, but supporting Kentucky Proud is one of the best ways for you to not only help out your local farming economy, but also help stock your refrigerator with Kentucky Proud fresh produce. Thank you, Commissioner. Find your local farm Farmers Market at kyproud.com. Looking to save some money on shoes your kids will love? Then look to Skechers. We've been making great and affordable kids' shoes for almost 30 years. We're experts in incredible fits, and we applied everything we know into our boys' and girls' shoes, all made with soft, durable, lightweight, and flexible fabrics. Plus, Skechers kids' shoes have comfort features like Skechers' famous air-cooled memory foam. And since they're Skechers, you know they're affordable, stylish, and built to last. Get your kids some Skechers at a Skechers store near you, Skechers.com, or wherever stylish shoes are sold. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Opinion. This expense is probably burning a big hole in your budget. So, we talked, we'll do kind of a, a part two of our discussion last week on lifestyle creep. Um, one of the biggest um, budget busters, uh, if you will. Uh, so, the three of the biggest debts that people have are mortgage, student loans, and then car loans, um, car loans. Uh, that's the the that's the biggie that can bust your budget, if you will. Um, now I'm not um, spin shaming people. You know, if you if you're putting money back, uh, you're able to save money, and you go out and buy a nice car. Hey, that's great. More power right. to you. Uh, but if you're trying to find areas to cut to be able to contribute more for retirement, um, this is one area to be careful of. Um, you know, you think of uh, a mortgage, in most situations, a mortgage, uh, a, a house is an appreciating asset. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's what everybody was saying before the financial crisis, right. too. But in general, long-term houses appreciate in value. Um Student loans, the idea, well, you have a, a loan, you're going to be able to get a better job. 
Um, car loans immediately it's a depreciating asset. So yeah. you're so you're financing something that's going down in value the first year roughly twenty percent. Um, and a lot of times they'll have you know a, a higher interest rate depending uh, if it's uh, financed through the car company or how you get the loan. Um, but uh, most people is interesting on this study. Um, the reason it's so prevalent now is because a lot of more people are buying trucks and SUVs. Um, so you know if, which are more expensive than just the the typical sedan mm-hmm. um so um a few things you can do um buying a car that's one to two years old is a good strategy um if you do that you're letting somebody else take that first year depreciation hit um and then if you do buy a new car hold it for a long time because right. that that way you know after you pay off the loan then you might drive it for four or five years you're not paying anything um and then uh th- i thought this was interesting they're probably more wealthy people driving a Honda than a Mercedes. I can't prove this, but there are more people with their finances in order driving an Accord than a C-Class Mercedes-Benz. Um, the millionaire next door crowd does not spend a lot on on cars. Well, like I said before, you know, this it all depends on what what your income is and where you're putting money back. Right. If you're putting money back, you know, have at it. You know, it, it's all about knowing what you spend, staying within your budget, and wherever you want to spend that discretionary money, go for it. But have in your mind what you're spending, what you're bringing in, and be able to put back early for retirement. Yes. The earlier, the better. Right. Um, We've had uh, some uh, people coming in here recently, you know, that are just getting started. And I love, I love the conversations. Um, And, uh, especially when um, the parents have taught kind of the, the the compounding time value of money right. you know somebody that's just graduated college they've, they've got a, their first job they're starting to put into a Roth IRA you know at, yeah. at 20 years old it's like yeah it's do great. it do it great to see it happen yeah it is because uh, that that'll set them up later on in life. I mean, they won't have to put as much back because they're starting so early. Right. Um, so I, I, I love working with people like that. That's right. Yeah. Once people get initiated into the idea of the time value of money, I mean, it becomes very hard to uh, get them away from it. Right. They right. start seeing what it does. That's right. Now, one of the big things that we all talk about in our business is uh, investment advice. And this is a subject that I would say this, that when it appears that everything is going up and has been going up for a long time, it seems that the need for investment advice becomes less and less Mm -hmm. because all you do is take a default uh, position in the market and you figure you're going to make money. And that has been a way to make money, but um, it, it could backfire at, at a time when you most need it not to and because it's been so easy to make money, people have said, why have a human being do it? You can just let a computer do it. Mm-hmm. Well, that computer is only as good as the amount of market experience it's had. And uh, it's not to say that computers can't predict some certain things, but it seems to me that a human being has a better ability and a better memory of what events feel like and the emotions because the computer doesn't have emotions investors do uh than uh than what a computer would have and yet people are drawn to this idea of having their finances managed by a computer right uh, the idea is that you know algorithms because these these robo advisors it's all driven by an algorithm which is just a a, a mathematical input um, and 
the idea is that the algorithm is more objective uh, than human advice. Uh, well, that's simply not true um, because you look at well. First off, you know where did the algorithm come from? It come from it came from programmers that are putting that in there. Um, so the just like with any computer program, the the output is only as good as the variables on the input. So if if just just like with a a, a human. <clears throat> If you go to 10 different robo-advisors, put your information in, you're going to get 10 different recommendations. You're going to have uh, bias uh, inside of it, just inherently built into it. If it's uh, from a particular company, their bias is going to be for the funds of that company. That's going to have a different outcome than some another one. Um, you're going to have bias towards the allocation, you know, stocks to bonds, what types of stocks, what types of bonds. Um, and all of this is is an input initially, and it just carries through kind of indefinitely. It doesn't take into account real time market scenarios, um, just like you know with the the bonds that we've been talking about. You know, you, you have to be careful with the bonds. You have to be careful with what types of stocks you're buying. This doesn't take any of that into account. Um, most of the robo advisors, it's just an age based platform you put in your age you put in your quote-unquote risk tolerance right um which the risk tolerance questions you know it, they're uh, subjective at best you know it's like hey do you want to lose 50 percent? well no i don't <laughs> no would you be comfortable losing 50 percent? no on your way to making 10 right exactly uh, so um it, it's only as good as what initially goes in but this uh this wall street journal article <clears throat> they did a, a survey of 800 people it was just kind of this little test um and uh they did a hypothetical investment situation and half of them were told that it was coming from a human advisor and half were told that it was coming from uh, a robo advisor and then they went back and told them here's what your negative returns were um and the majority were more comfortable with the robo advisor because they felt more comfort more confident that ultimately it was going to come out in their favor really yes and, and it's That's just scary it, it's just because people are so ingrained to think well it's it's a mathematical equation that that's where it's coming from so it has to be right it, it's not um because like i said the the bias uh, that's built into these inherently um that can have negative outcomes right so um i mean we're we're in the investment business obviously um but i mean there there are robo advisors that we could use and say okay you know we're gonna put this client in this robo advisor and we're gonna advise them on which robo advisor to you i mean right. there's there's companies that do that um but you, you look at the inner workings of these things, and a lot of them are not transparent. You don't know how they're coming up with the information. How the algorithm is functioning. When you get into a bad market, who are you going to talk to? Right. You know, uh, yes, this is Steve. You know, they, like <laughs> the, the, that's, that's, the, that's the robo-advisor talking to you, you know. Yeah. Just, um, so having somebody, having a clearly defined plan and, and knowing – why you own what you own, uh, and, um, how, how the investments will react, um, to try to take advantage of different market dynamics. You don't get that with the robo advisor. It's just right. plug and chug. That's right. One of the things that, uh, that we seem to offer people is some comfort about how they're invest there are people out there that simply cannot access this world of computers and mumbo jumbo about the markets. They need a person to talk to. And that those tend to be people that we do well with somebody that, that needs a physical person that they can describe their feelings about mm -hmm. things uh, and, and feel comfortable with. Right. Uh, it's, it's a relationship. Um, you know, when our clients come in, uh, it's 
talking to them about what's going on with their life. You know, if, if they're feeling anxiety about something, you know, in the market or, um, an expense that's coming up, it's discussing, you know, how, how, how to make changes to the investments or, or why we own what we own, why, how they're doing in real life. It's that relationship. Um, and, when you're sitting across from somebody, you can tell if that person's being open, transparent. Um, you, you can tell if somebody's honest right. most of the time. Right. Um, but with a robo advisor, it's just, Hey, here it is. Hopefully it works out for you. Yeah. You're, you're basically subverting the human viewpoint to the mechanical viewpoint. That's right. You're, you're putting it beneath it. Right. Right. Um, and, uh, you, you look at you know, how quickly these things could make changes. Well, they can't, you're not going to get advice. So let's say 2018, fourth quarter of 2018, you're, you're in a robo plan. Um, and you see the, the value of the account down 20% if it's following what the market did. Um, who are you going to talk to? Mm-hmm. You're going to be more inclined to go in and say, okay, this isn't working. I'm going to switch to, I'm going to stay with the robo advisor, but I'm going to switch to a more conservative thing. Cause I didn't sign up for this. And then you're selling at the wrong time right. and you're getting more conservative than you've missed out on the, there's the move back. The, up. the impetus for a long-term investment plan isn't there right. with a, with a robo advisor because the relationship isn't there. That's right. Stay with us. You're listening to the Tom Dupree show. It's news radio, six thirty WLAP. Election season game time has begun. Defeat Trump. Winning again. Political football. On your election headquarters. 2020. And this season, we're ready for News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree. A fiduciary is a person or organization that owes to another the duties of good faith and trust. It is the highest legal duty of one party to another, and it means being bound ethically to act in the other's best interests. At Dupree Financial Group, we act as a fiduciary to our clients when managing their investments. This means simply that we put their interests first. We accept no commissions or transaction fees, only an asset-based percentage fee of our clients' assets, which directly aligns our interests with theirs. Think about it. A financial advisor who does well when you do well. If you'd like to know more about how this might work for you, give us a call at Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400 for a no-obligation meeting and a discussion of your account. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Back on the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson. Mike, the biggest thing that uh, that we seem to see is with people not knowing what to do with their money, not having any idea of what to do with their money, and, and not having a feel for the principles of cash flow, bringing more in than sometimes they have and they know intuitively what they're trying to do, but they haven't put it into, uh, into words. This is an interesting story that, uh, you've got about, uh, mm. so this is the, uh, the center for research or retirement research at Boston college. Um, they did a, a pretty in-depth uh, sur- report on, uh, it's called, uh, the name of the study is Women, Marriage, and the National Retirement Risk Index. Um, it, it gets pretty granular, but the big picture uh, that I want to paint is is specifically looking at women, um, but this cuts right to the lifestyle creep thing that we've been talking about. Um it looks at 
single women versus uh, households that have two earners and two savers. Well, obviously, um, households with two earners and two uh, and, and two earners have a higher level of income coming in than a than a single. Um, so, married couples, the the average on this from age fifty to fifty nine, uh, average earnings of about one hundred and twenty five thousand versus single of about thirty one thousand five hundred. Now, what they measure is the likelihood that they're going to be able to replace their pre-retirement income after retirement. Um, and the interesting thing you would think, obviously, the ones at higher risk would be the single uh, uh, participant um, because the level of income is not as high. Well, that's actually not true. The married two earners actually scored a higher risk than the single because the the biggest point was because lifestyle drift yeah the the two earners were contributing less to retirement and so their likelihood of replacing that income after retirement was a lot lower um now the, the another thing that impacts it is social security replacement um the lower income you have the greater percentage of your income that's replaced by social security right um but the the biggest one was the savings. So single earner uh, couples um, saved an average of eight point six percent. Okay, um, two earner couples where only one was saving, they only saved four point nine percent. Really? Yes. Um, and a lot of times, it's because one spouse will have uh, a four hundred one k. The other one doesn't, and so they're, they're contributing to the 401k, but the other spouse, they're just not putting anything back. They don't take into account that only one of them's saving. Um, so lifestyle drift. Whenever you have two earners and you both want to be saving because that's how you compound that earning uh, power that you have into, into the savings, um, just be real careful of as your income goes up, not putting back the same percentage. You know, if, if the, the two, two earners, uh, were putting back the same percentage, well, then you're, you're compounding a greater amount. Right. So I just, I thought this was real interesting, uh, because we, last week we talked on this lifestyle drift, uh, scenario. And then this one was a, a, a very granular study of that very thing. Um, and so just thought it was, uh, was re very interesting. Yeah. It's something that uh, we all have to take into account is uh, how we uh, save money based on our lifestyle and spending habits. Right. I'm right. out of, I'm out of stuff here. Oh, 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 sorry. History says Apple and Amazon probably won't be the decade's next best stocks. Yeah. That's something we can all, relate to is that stocks that shoot up during our lifetime, we think they will continue to be the best stocks to buy in the future. You have to be contrarian. Yeah. You, you can't look at um, what's done well in the past and just assume that it's going to keep doing that. Um, unfortunately, that's essentially what index funds do. Um, but uh, you, you have to, like we were talking about the, the pipeline companies in the first segment, um, that's more of a contrarian investment because it's a sector that's out of favor. Um, we're looking for companies that have a repeatable type of business, but might be out of favor for one reason or another. Right. Um, it, it's, it's the difference of just using a shotgun approach versus sharpshooting certain areas of the market. Um, but historically, um, let's see, let me find it here. The top 10 stocks by market cap rarely stay uh, the highest performing stocks following the 10 years that they were. Um, instead, prevalent investing patterns change drastically as the old winners are replaced by new winners. Yeah. Um, so this is, this is the idea of trying to find the hot trade, yeah. um, which is, if you get lucky, you can do it. Right. Um, and... 
you know, some people are good at this type of investing, um, but for retirees, we think it's more prudent to find, you know, companies that have been around a long time uh, that are producing something for their customers. Yeah. Or uh, that people are buying. Right. Um, so, and as, as these companies get larger and larger, uh, you look at, uh, you, th- you think back in the last 30 years, some of the largest companies that were out there, uh, which were the best performers, well, they get more bureaucratic. Um, there's more, they're more entrenched. Um, I, I like what they say. Uh, elephants and hippos are very resilient, but they're neither as fast nor as agile as cheetahs and leopards. Right. <laughs> but we're when we're building the portfolio, we're looking for resiliency. Yes. That's what we want. Uh, we want companies that have a moat uh, that's hard for other companies to come in and compete with. Um, you look at something like Costco. Um, it's a retailer, um, which actually they're, uh, they, they do monthly same store sales. Uh, they're one of the only retailers that do month to month comparisons. Uh, they just had last month's come out and they were very positive. Right. Um, but you, you look at a company like Costco, uh, which is not a recommendation on Costco, but we do own it. Um, you look at, uh, the moat that they have. Um, you think, well, it's retail. They don't have a moat. Well, they do because of the membership function, because of their online presence. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have their own little niche online. They're not competing directly with Amazon, right? Uh, Walmart target, they're competing directly with Amazon. They're trying to sell the same stuff. Costco, they have their, uh, private label brands. Uh, so, all these different mechanics of how they run the company uh, is what um, kind of got us on the the scent, if yeah. you will. Um, so we're looking for resilient types of companies, right. um, and we encourage and welcome uh, our clients to come in and talk to us. You know, we have so many that come in like, "Hey, I can." They don't realize that they can talk to a human being, um, and that's what we're. It's what we're all about. Appreciate you listening. If you would like to talk to us about managing your investments, call us at two five or sorry two three three zero four hundred eight five nine area code. Look at us on Facebook. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show News Radio six thirty WLAP.